welcome to the preaching ministry of the Agape Baptist Church in George, South Africa. Well, good morning, church. Uh, we sure miss being able to meet together in person this morning. And I trust you'll be praying that uh, this lockdown won't last very long and we'll be able to uh, be together again. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to return to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're coming to the end of Paul's prayer uh, for us, as he's recorded, given to the church at Ephesus. I'd like for us just to um, take our Bibles and read together uh, from Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length, and the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Our fathers, we come to this text this morning. I pray that you would indeed open our hearts and minds to hear your word. Father, these are, are great truths that... Um, Paul is praying for us, and we ask, Lord, that you would help us. Help us, Lord, to live in the reality of what Paul's praying for this morning and for the week ahead and for the rest of our lives until you take us to be home with you. Lord, um, it is our desire that you would get honor and glory from our life. And we know that this is your desire for us, Father, as Paul has prayed and Lord, may we be praying these same things and desiring these same things in our own life, that you might have the preeminence, and then we might grow in our relationship with you. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we turn to this text this morning, we see in verse 18 that Paul says that, and requests that we might have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And as we examine this verse, we look at this word comprehend. And it is a, a word that means to, to apprehend or literally to grasp. The Afrikaans to Bechreip. And it speaks of um, our uh, ability to, to take hold of something with our understanding. Vine's Expository Dictionary says that this properly signifies to lay hold of. Then to lay hold of so as to possess as one's own, to appropriate. And so the title of the message this morning is Take Hold of the Love of Christ. Paul is praying that we might not only 
understand the facts of the love of Christ, but that we might lay hold of these truths personally. God has loved us personally and made us part of his body, the church. He wants us to live in the awareness of his love for us. We've been looking at the parts of Paul's prayer for us. And these various parts build one upon the other. You remember he first prayed that we might be strengthened in the inner person through his spirit. He says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. It's in verse 16. And the next part of his prayer flows out of that. And he says in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And we ask the question, is Christ at home in your heart? As we yield to the Spirit's control in our lives, he creates in us a heart where Christ can be at home. It, it is a walk in faith. We, we walk in fellowship with God by faith. We began our Christian life by faith in Christ, and we continue to live by faith. And the good news is that God strengthens our faith, and we experience what the Christian life is truly all about. It's about knowing Christ and his abiding love. And this uh, brings us to the next part of Paul's prayer, and he transitions to it with the statement that you being rooted and grounded in love. And we looked briefly last time at, at this statement, the metaphors of a, of a tree with its expansive root system and the massive foundation of a building, which must go down uh, to solid ground. The believer is able to weather the storms of life because he has this solid foundation of Christ. His love for us cannot be shaken. We are rooted and grounded in his love. Paul would also write in Romans 8, in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? And he would answer, in verse 37 to 39, know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the confidence that God has called us to, that we might know his love for us. We are called to live in the reality of this love that has been demonstrated to us in Christ. The love of God is foundational to our Christian life. Because we are rooted and grounded in the love of God, it is to be at the very core of our lives, impacting every part of our lives. In Colossians 3, Paul lists 
some godly virtues that we're to put on. And in verse 14, he says, And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And so love is like the, the glue that holds everything together and impacts everything that we do. He would also say in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 14, Let all that you do be done in love. Well, let us remember again what biblical love is. We're not talking about love as an emotion or feeling. Agape is a, a sacrificial love that is willing to suffer inconvenience or discomfort, even death, for the benefit of another. It gives and serves without expecting anything in return. This love is contrary to our sinful nature, and it's not something that is natural to us. It is indeed supernatural, imparted to us by God. In Romans 5, 5, we read, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. And so Paul is praying that we might have strength to take hold of the love of Christ. We are spiritually born into this love of God, and we are to walk in it. Paul admonishes later in this letter, in Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, he says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. If we are to imitate his love, we need to have more than just a superficial understanding of his love. And so Paul would, would say from verse 15, the last part of verse, sorry, the last part of verse 17, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ. And so we must have this enablement uh, from God through His Spirit to be strengthened, to be able to take hold or to, to comprehend the love of God. He lists in, in verse 18 dimensions of breadth and length and height and depth. But you'll notice that the object of these dimensions is not stated in the text. And interpreters have given, given various suggestions as to the object, but given the immediate context, it seems that God's love in Christ would be the best option for, for what Paul is, is talking about. We need God's strength to apprehend his love for us. We need his enablement through the Spirit and the fellowship with Christ to appreciate the vastness of of his love. His love is broad enough to include the Gentiles and to bring them into the body of Christ, the church. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. When we get to heaven, we'll see people from every tribe and nation and language. God's love is broad enough to include everyone. God's love is also long enough it extends from eternity past to eternity future. 
Remember back in Ephesians 1, 4, where he says that we are chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. To be blameless before him in love looks to the future when we will be with the Lord in eternity. God's love for us is not based on our performance, but upon his love for Christ and our relationship to Christ. God's love is also high enough to raise up both Jew and Gentile to the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then lastly, God's love is deep enough to reach the lowest sinner. The depth of his love can be seen in Christ who leaves the glory of heaven, this exalted position, and then comes to earth to be born as a baby and to ultimately die on the cross for us. Although we were enemies of God, the love of Christ redeemed us from the slave market of sin and made us heirs with him. As Charles Wesley wrote, Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. Such is the immensity of God's love. It is vast beyond any measure. One author wrote, The Love of God. And we sing uh, this hymn, The Love of God. And the one verse says, Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Well, this knowledge is not just for a select few. Notice that Paul prays, we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. Biblically speaking, a saint is someone who has been set apart unto God, and every genuine believer is a saint. Every believer knows something of God's love. They are recipients of his love and salvation. But just like the church at Ephesus, we need to grow in our knowledge and personal awareness of God's love and come to experience it in the ever-deepening levels. Verse 19, he says, And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So Paul prays that we would know the unknowable. Paul uses a, a word here that is a much more co common word, gnosko, to know. This word often implies a, a process. We could say to come to know. Uh, it is also used to speak of a relationship as in knowing God or God knowing us. Our knowledge of God's love is, is not just an intellectual knowledge, but a growing experiential knowledge empowered by the Spirit. So you can see how Paul's prayer builds one request upon another. We must, by the Spirit's enablement, grow in the inner person, and that the Lord may make our hearts a dwelling place where he is at home. And as this happens, we are growing in our knowledge of his love. 
Notice Paul quickly adds the statement that surpasses knowledge. We will never get to the end of God's love. The closer we get to God, the greater we are aware of what we don't know of God. As we walk in fellowship with Christ, we experience more and more of his love. And it becomes more and more dominant in our lives. And thus we're being changed from a, from a self-centered person to one who is characterized by the love of Christ. And this brings us to the end of verse 19 in the last part of Paul's prayer. It is in, and it is the, the pinnacle to which he has been moving us in his prayer. He says in verse 19b that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Well, what does Paul mean by this statement? Uh, filled with all the fullness of God. Well, this is in, indeed God's ultimate purpose for every believer. Again, going back to the beginning of this letter in chapter 1, verse 4, we're chosen in Christ that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. You see, at salvation, we are positionally sanctified, set apart unto God. This is our standing before God. We are sons of God, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, which he has put to our account. And from the time of our salvation, we're also being progressively sanctified day by day. This is the practical growth and transformation that takes place in the life of a believer who is in fellowship with God. This work of God in our lives will come to its fullness when we are with him. This is what Paul means to be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul used similar language in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13, where he is describing the unified growth of the church in maturity. There in Ephesians 4, 13, he says, until we all attain unto the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, God has predestined us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, and he will accomplish his purpose for all his elect. And so we are to press on towards this gold, as Paul puts it, for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Well, I'll close with these fitting words from John. In 1 John 3, and from verse 1, he says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he 
is pure. Let us pray together. Father, these are tremendous words of prayer request for us. Lord, may it be so in our lives. May we be strengthened with power through the Spirit of God that we, Lord, might know you, that we might know your love for us. And that that knowledge, that experiential growth in your love would transform our lives, that we might, in an ever-increasing way, live out the truth and the reality of our relationship with you and the love of Christ might be demonstrated in our lives, in our very being, in our words and actions, might become more and more permeated by this very uh, nature from you, uh, the very love that you have put in our hearts. Lord, may it become more and more of who we are. And Father, I pray that we might be ever pressing onward and upward to the very likeness of Christ, this maturity that you have designed for us, this growth in the likeness of Christ, that we might stand before you one day in this complete fullness of God, Lord, it's hard for us to comprehend these words are so so rich and so full. Lord, so often we're tempted to be satisfied with mediocre, uh, less than what you had for us. Often, Lord, we, we're willing to eat from the crumbs of this world. Lord, I pray that we would aspire to be what you have designed us to be and that we might grow and your likeness, and that we would live in the dependence upon the Spirit of God that would enable us to do so. Father, I pray that that would be the longing of our hearts, that we might desire it, we might pray for it, we might seek from you as Paul prays for us. May it be so, Lord, not for our honor, but for yours, that you would be magnified and exalted and in through our lives, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. I've recorded for you the hymn, Here is Love. And it's uh, been modified by Bob Coughlin and sung at the Together for the Gospel conference. And it's a very fitting hymn for us this morning as we consider the love of God. <laughs> 